This is Case Closed, crime stories from the golden age of radio. Welcome back to Case Closed. Our hour of mystery begins with Richard Diamond, private detective, this week. We'll hear Mrs. X Can't Find Her Husband, his story from June 21st, 1950. After that, it's Tales of the Texas Rangers in Room 114. That episode aired December 3rd, 1950. Listen while the makers of Rexall drug products and 10,000 independent Rexall family druggists bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. evening. This is your Rexall family druggist, speaking to you for the 10,000 independent druggists who have made the word Rexall part of our own store names, and who recommend and sell the 2,000 or more drug products made by the Rexall Drug Company. Like MI-31, for example, Rexall's popular mouthwash, gargle, and breath deodorant. Full-strength MI-31 kills contacted germs in seconds. Its zippy, tangy quality leaves a happy aftertaste. For a reliable yet refreshing mouthwash, use Rexall MI-31. And remember, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. Good health to all from Rexall. Now your Rexall family druggist brings you a transcribed half hour with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. Dick's special guest star tonight is... is, uh... Uh, What was your name again? I'm sorry, but I really can't tell you. You can't tell me. Well, Rexall brings you Richard Diamond, starring Dick Powell. Wow. Morning, Mr. Diamond. Morning, Charlie. Now, fix me something, will you? Like that, huh? You look pretty good. Oh, you should have seen me when I got up. Both my heads were hissing each other. I'll fix you my special. You snap right out of it. Well, take it easy. I tried snapping out of it this morning and scattered myself all over the room. You relax for a minute. Just getting to work? Yeah. Helen gave a party last night. I think it turned out to be the finals of the roller derby. Have a swallow a roller skate, Charlie. Once on a dare, a mouse. Oh. Sorry. Charlie! Gotta mix it. Oh, that's a horrible machine to have in a bar. Some poor guy's liable to end up with a shell shock. Here, hold your breath so you don't change your mind. What's in it? In your condition, that is a very touchy question. You just drink it, you'll feel better. Okay. Uh, 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 uh. No fudging all the way. Charlie! Uh, all the way? What are you, chicken? Oh, oh! I knew it, I knew it. You snitched this stuff from a fire extinguisher. Tastes terrible, don't it? What are you going to thaw me out with, a chisel? Now I know it ain't that bad. No? A mortician would pay good money for the formula. Well, look what came in the front door. Hmm? Oh, yes, sir. Pardon me, but I'm looking for someone. 
There's nobody here but me and Mr. Diamond. Here's a picture of him. Has he been in here? Oh, lady, a lot of people come in here. No, I mean this morning. Mr. Diamond's my first customer. Oh. Uh, something wrong, miss? I've just got to find him. I don't know where to look. Uh, what made you think he'd be in here? I'm trying every place that's open. I lost him in this block someplace. Lost? Well, he... Well, he just disappeared. Uh, who is he? My husband. Oh. I stopped to look at some hats in a window. I started talking about how pretty they were, and the next thing I turned around and he was gone. You called home? We're living at a hotel. He hasn't shown up there. I, I've called everyone I know in New York. You're from out of town? Yes. Oh, I'm so worried. Well, honey, from this picture, your husband looks old enough to find his way around. Why don't you go on back to the hotel and... You the... don't understand. My husband had quite a shock earlier this morning, and he was acting strangely. So you figure he might have gone looking for a drink? I don't know what I thought. It isn't like him to wander off like that. I'm so worried. Well, if you're that upset, why don't you go to the law? Missing persons. Oh, I thought about that, but I can't. You can't go to the police? I can't explain why. It, it just wouldn't be good. Would you mind a completely new remark? What? Haven't I seen you before, Miss... Uh... No... Mm, nice name. Mr. Diamond sees a lot of people. Used to be a cop himself. Oh. Private detective now. Private detective? Seems to me I've seen your husband someplace before, too. Is this an old picture? Yes, I carry it around in my wallet. Are you really a private detective, Mr. Uh... Diamond, Miss... Like Sam Spade? Well, no, no. Sam drinks and runs around with women. I lead a rather sheltered life. <coughs> Steady, Charlie. Mr. Diamond, I'm really frightened. I'm sure something awful's happened to my husband. Will you help me? I might, if you tell me two things. What are they? Why you can't go to the police, and if you can afford a hundred a day in expenses. Oh, I can afford the money. You should have answered the first question first. Now I'm almost tempted to forget the last one. But I can't go to the police. Uh, dear. Dear, when people can't go to the police, it worries me. Your old man got a record or something? A record? Well, I've seen both of you someplace. You sure you aren't working some kind of a racket? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh now, now, lady, take it easy. I lose my husband. I come in here for help, and you think I'm some sort of a criminal or something. Look, dear, I... I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't want to go to the police, and it has nothing to do with breaking the law. Shame on you, Diamond. Here, lady, here's a handkerchief. Thank you. Look, uh, I'm sorry. No, you're not. You're terrible. Oh, please, please. Look, I, I'm in pretty bad shape myself. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll help you. Wonderful, Mr. Diamond. Where can we talk? Hey, she turns him off like a hydrant. You'll help me? Oh, yes. A hundred a day in expenses. Certainly. Get her. Yeah. Are you sure you didn't dip into one of Charlie's specials? I don't drink. This isn't drinking. It's like diving into an active volcano. Where can we talk? Uh, one of the booths. Good. I don't want anyone else to know about this. You mean after this build-up, I ain't gonna, even going to hear what it's all about? Come on, dear. Oh. Uh, relax, Charlie. Have one of your specials. Who knows? You may be the first one to reach the moon. Is this booth all right, Mr. Diamond? Uh, just fine. Now sit down, dear, and tell me all about it. Well, there's really not much to tell. I took my husband to the... Well, to an appointment this morning. What kind of an appointment? I can't tell you. And you can't tell me your husband's name? No. Not even his first name? Well, I... I guess I could tell you his first name. It's Richard. 
Richard. Yes. You can't tell me any more? No. You want me to find him and you want me to trust you? If you will. Will you trust me? Yes. Then I'll try and find Richard, but I'll need some help. I'll try. No, 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 please. I'll need some outside help. Who? A policeman. Oh, no, I told you. And I told you. You want me to trust you? Okay, that's what I'm going to do, but you've got to trust me, too. But the police... If you and your husband aren't in trouble with the police, you've got nothing to worry about. But the police... Not the police. A policeman. One man. But he'll find out why Richard disappeared. Well, don't you want to know why? I know why, but I don't want anyone else to know why. You don't want anyone else... You know why, but you... Oh, don't let me do this to myself. I just want to find him. Okay, okay. I promise the policeman won't say anything. I'm trusting that you have a good reason for not telling me any more than you have, but to find a man, this man in the picture, and an old photograph at that, to find this man needs a lot of doing. Checking hospitals. Hospitals? Now, don't start crying. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. When you've got to check hospitals, Marge... Marge! Look, 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 dear. You wait here. No, I'm going with you. Good girl. Charlie, thank you for being so patient. Pleasure, miss. Shall we go, Mr. Diamond? Yeah, yeah. And Charlie... Yeah? I'd like to thank you, too. Anytime. Your hospitality and good manners are only equaled by your loyalty and perspicacity. Huh? All in all, you've been a living doll. Being a person who lives out in left field most of the time myself, I realized that these little disturbances in my life were pretty average. So with cute little anonymous tagging along behind... I left Charlie's fancy bistro and headed for the 5th Precinct Police Station and the good Lieutenant Levinson. When we walked into the squad room, we bumped right into the one thing that science had been working 24 hours a day to find a cure for. Well, good afternoon, Sergeant Otis. Oh, how are you, Diamond? Hey. Oh, unpucker, Otis. Mrs. X will think the Lieutenant uses you to unstop sinks. Mrs. X? What kind of a name is that? You want to meet the lady? That's the name. Mrs. X? How do you do, Sergeant? Oh. <laughs> hey, uh, ain't I seen you someplace before? Otis, haven't I seen you someplace before? Now, what are you talking about, Shama? Sure you've seen me before. Um, Mr. Diamond. Yeah, but this is nothing. Stick around him for a whole day sometime. Come on, let's see the lieutenant. Uh... I'll see you later, Mrs. Oh, uh, yes, Sergeant. It's been a pleasure. Otis. Yeah? Your eyes are hanging out so far they cover your badge. Oh. Hello, Walt. Hi, Rick. I... am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is Mrs. X, Walt. Dear, this is the mighty arm of the law, Lieutenant Levinson. How do you do, Lieutenant? How do you do, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. X? Oh, let's not go into this thing again. The young lady prefers to be known as Mrs. X. Now, Walt, I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, a uh, young lady, haven't I seen you someplace, someplace before? before? Yeah, Walt, even Otis is with us on that one. I said the same thing when she found me in Charlie's bar. Now, the young lady's lost her husband, and I'm going to help her find him. Here's his picture. See if you got anything. Oh, yeah. Uh, are you sure I haven't seen you? Walt, we'll solve that one later. The picture, go make like a policeman. Okay. She got a record. Lieutenant. Oh, uh, well, I, uh, I never forget her face. He's been trying to ever since he got Otis. Now, come on, Walt. Get a report from missing persons. Check the hospitals and the morgue. The morgue? Oh! Uh, oh lady, lady, please. <laughs> it's a habit. 
Now, honey, we got to do these things just in case. <laughs> but you think he's... Uh... Give me that picture. Lady, lady, please. Now, now, now. What's your husband's name? Uh, she can't tell you that, Walt. What do you mean she can't tell me that? I can't. Now, you look, Diamond, if this is one His of your... His first name is Richard. Richard what? That's something I really can't tell you. I wouldn't have told Mr. Diamond the Richard part, but it just sort of slipped out. Now, wait, what are you two trying to do to me? You come in here and ask me to locate this guy in the picture, and you won't even tell me his last name? Look, Walt, I promised you'd do me the favor without the question. The young lady seems to have a very good reason for not wanting to give her name or her husband's. Now, all I want you to do is check the morgues. Uh... What's the matter with her? She wants her husband. Yes, I want my husband. Before we continue with the adventures of Richard Diamond, private detective, here's your Rexall family druggist. It's always a pleasure when a customer herself tells you why she likes your product. And last week, one said to me... You know why I really prefer Rexall Milk of Magnesia? It's because one bottle won't be so thick I can't even pour it, and then the next one thin and watery. Somehow, Rexall Milk of Magnesia always seems to be just right. Well, ma'am, that's because every bottle of Rexall Milk of Magnesia has to meet an exacting standard of viscosity, or it can't wear the Rexall label. What do you mean by viscosity? It's the degree of thickness or pourability in a liquid. Rexall conducts scientifically precise tests on every batch of Rexall milk of magnesia to be sure it meets this constant standard of viscosity. And that's not done just to please you with its consistency. What's much more important, it means you'll always get uniform dosage from every bottle of Rexall milk of magnesia. And I thought it was all an accident. Oh, no, ma'am. There are no accidents behind the fact you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexall. And now back to tonight's adventure with Richard Diamond, private detective, starring Dick Powell. checked, and no no one that looks like this guy is in any of the more, uh, usual places. Well, that's fine. Now let's start looking for him where I lost him, Mr. Diamond. Oh, swell. Well, Walt, we really just stopped by to say hello. Killing time, you know. Sure. I appreciate everything you've done, Captain. Lieutenant. Of course. Thank you very much. But now, Mr. Diamond, and I have to go and find my husband. Richard. Yes. I think you'd better wait a few minutes. What for? Yes, we've got to hurry. I've got to find my husband before the 8 o'clock plane leaves this evening. You're leaving tonight? You didn't tell me that. Well, Richard has to be in California by tomorrow morning. Got a little job to do? A very big job, Captain. Lieutenant. Well, what do you want us to wait for? Because I've got Otis checking on this girl, this Mrs. X. Oh, no. Walt, you promised. I promised nothing. You assumed. Oh, you're a fine buddy. Buddy schmuddy. You might be taken in by her sweet innocence, but not me. You double-crossed Mr. Her. Diamond, you promised. But I didn't, lady. I just checked the morgues. Uh... Oh, now you shut up. Walt. Well, I never... I've seen this girl someplace, Rick, and I've got a sneaking suspicion she's wanted. Wanted? You can't cross me like this, Fatty. 
Wanted. Won't tell me your name, huh? No. Won't tell me your husband's name, huh? No. Then you're hiding something. Yes. Yes? Y-E-S, meaning of course. Now you stop that, Rick. Rick? Is your name Richard, too, Mr. Diamond? No, my friends call me Rick. You ever in Chicago, lady? Of course. Of course? O-F-C-O-U-R-S-E. You meaning... stay out of this. You run around with Tony Capone when you were in Chicago? You talking to me? I'm talking to her. Well, I'm glad. Tony never gave me back my Elks tooth. Well, I don't know why you're talking to me, Captain. I never gave Mr. Capone an Elks tooth. No. It's Lieutenant there. You gotta stop promoting him. You'll get a swell head. Oh, you rat! You call me Lieutenant? No! Well, gee, don't scare me like that. I got something on this picture you gave me. Her husband? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. X. Hello, Corporal. <laughs> Otis. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you won't like it, Lieutenant. I won't like what? What I got on this picture. Something's happened to Richard. Now, take it easy. Well, what did you find out? I'll tell you whether I like it or not. Well, I sent it down to the boys in the morning. No! No! Uh... Oh, look what you've done, you mallethead. Well, gee, what did I say? You said more! Uh... Oh, no, 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 no. Now, honey, honey, listen. This morgue is where they keep photographs. Oh. Well, what did they come up with, Sergeant? She sure looks pretty when she cries like that. Oh, this. Uh, oh, oh, uh, well, I shall quote from the report. <clears throat> uh, person in said photograph resembles one Richard Diamond private detective. What did you say? Come to think of it, you do, Mr. Diamond. I shall continue. Member of the New York police force for seven years. Height six feet one. One hundred and ninety. Eighty. Uh, the general confirmation of the head. Note. Right ear... Order, shut up! Oh, it gets real interesting. You didn't tell me about getting mixed up with that fan dancer back in 39, Diamond. I was simply interested in starting an ostrich farm. Otis. Uh, yeah? Do you think that picture looks like Mr. Diamond? Uh, kinda. Thank you, Patrolman Lovelock. Uh, Patrolman? Yes, and if I ever catch you wearing a sergeant's stripes again, I'll put you on a beach so far out that I'll have to fly food India. Now get out of here. Sergeant Levinson. Lady, please, it's Lieutenant. Well, I don't care what it is. I think you were just horrible to that nice little policeman. Is that right? It certainly is. And I'm going to write a letter to the governor about you. Now, wait a and minute. And what's more, I'm going to tell him what a horrible, mean, impolite person you are. But... But... I come in here with Mr. Diamond, and simply because I won't tell you my name, you accuse me of being a mop. Mop? Yes, mop. One of those gangsters' girls. Mop. Yes. And just because everyone thinks they've seen me before, I'm accused of all sorts of things. But, lady, I... No telling what's happened to my poor, wonderful husband. Oh, 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 oh lady, please, lady, I... You big bully. Yes. Well, uh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Can Sergeant Loveloon have his stripes back? Yes. No, thank you very much. Come on, Mr. Diamond. We've got to find Richard. Goodbye, Major. Well, I was in it up to my neck. Any other time, a client like Mrs. X would have scared me right into four months of hibernation. But she was such a cute little screwball that I just had to go along with it. We took the picture that looked something like yours truly and started making the rounds. Starting with the last place, Mrs. X had seen her husband... We showed the picture to every shop owner within a four-block circle, but no one had seen him. Mrs. X kept uh, checking with the hotel, making me stay at a good distance so I couldn't hear the conversation. But no one had seen her husband. We ended up right back where I first ran into her, Charlie's. 
Well, find them? No. Uh, look, dear, why don't you check again with this place that you and your husband went to this morning for his business appointment? Maybe you went back there. Well, I guess I could try it again. Phone in the back on the wall. Thanks. I'll call him. No luck, uh, Diamond? No. How do I get into these things, Charlie? When someone wants to give you a hundred a day in expenses, you get into them. Phone. Brilliant deduction. Hello? A little lady will get it. Mr. Diamond? Yeah? It's for you. Watkin Levinson. You've been promoted? Several times in the last hour. You think he's heard something about Richard? Might be. Yeah. What is it, Fatty? I thought you might be there. What made you think of Charlie's? Well, it's pretty obvious you had a hangover. Well, maybe I stuck a bicycle pump in my nose and pumped up my head just to get a laugh out of Otis. You'll have to do better than that. You told me you met the girl at Charlie's. Shrewd, shrewd. Is it something important? Honey, just relax. I'm getting to it. But if it's about Richard... The girl there? Yeah. What's on your mind? Well, I don't know if it means anything, but we just got a report from the Johnson Sanatorium. Johnson Sanatorium? Never heard of it. Over on 84th Street. The missing husband? I don't know. The report fitted his description, but who knows from that old photograph. Well, it's worth checking. What's the address? 644 East 84th Street. Seems they found this guy wandering around the streets. Johnson Sanatorium, 644 East 84th Street, huh? Did he give his name? Uh, amnesia, loss of memory. Seemed to be suffering from shock. Thought I'd let you get there first. I'm kind of sorry for the girl when I realized the story might be kosher. Okay, Wall, well, I'll check it, thanks. Meet you there. Well, honey, that might be... Hey. Hey. Charlie. Yeah? Mrs. X, where'd she go? Took out of here like she was shot out of a gun. Something wrong? When are you going to stop asking stupid questions? Well, that tore it. Mrs. X was probably on her way over to the Johnson Sanatorium and with a good head start. So I went out and grabbed a cab for 84th Street and kicked myself a dozen times for getting mixed up in a situation like that. Why not forget the whole thing and get some rest until my head returned to a normal circumference? Answer. Because I'd wasted a whole afternoon looking for the missing husband and hadn't even got a retainer. Yes, sir. Is something I can do for you, Prince? I'm looking for the man you reported. As Hello, the... Rick. Oh, Walt. Have you seen Mrs. X? I just this minute got her. She's been and gone. What about the guy you got the report on? Took him with her. Uh, the young lady came in, took a look at the man, claimed it was her husband, paid his bill and left. You let him go like that? I thought the man had amnesia. Well, yes, he was suffering from some kind of shock and had temporarily lost his memory. But you just let him walk out of here Correct, with... Rick, Rick, let him finish your story. Hmm. Uh, the, the minute the man saw the young lady, he snapped right out of it. She said they had to hurry to catch a plane or something. Had a lot of packing to do. Did she uh, give her name? Yes, she signed the release. Uh, here, let me see it. Now, uh, take it easy, Rick. It's signed Mrs. Richard Diamond. She used my name? Is that your name? You're darn right it is. She leave any address? Phony, I checked. Oh, swell. I'll cover the airports if it'll make you happy. Oh, it'll make me very happy. She did nothing for my hangover. She didn't pay me one red cent for my trouble. And I think I may be getting hives. Oh, I'm going over to Helen's and have a complete nervous breakdown. How do you feel now? Oh, I'm all right, Helen, dear, but my ulcers just had a parade. Any word from Walt? No. Miss Helen? Yes, what is it, Francis? A young lady at the door for Mr. Diamond. I'll get it. I'll bet you will. Wow. 
Hello, Mr. Diamond. Now, look, I've got something to say to you. I can't stop to talk. My husband's waiting in the car, and we have to catch a plane. Now, you look, I... I want to thank you very much for all you've done, and I want to apologize for running out on you. But your husband... He's fine, thank you. He just lost his memory for a while. Now, I'm not I haven't got time to tell you anymore. We've got to catch a plane. But you... Oh, I said that. Here's an envelope. But I... It explains everything, and there's something in it for you. But you can't... And here's something else, because you've been so wonderful. But... Mm. I hope if you ever get to California, you'll look us up. Goodbye, and thank you again for everything. You're wonderful. Bye. Well, hmm? All right, Blue Eyes, what was that all about? Hmm? Oh, oh that was her. Oh, she, uh, the girl. The girl? Uh, 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 Mrs. X. What's that? Hmm? Oh, it's an envelope. Said it would explain everything. I hope it does. Especially that fond farewell. Oh, that. She was just being grateful. Yeah. Go on, open the envelope. Uh, pardon, Miss Helen. Now it's the phone. Lieutenant Levinson for Mr. Diamond. I better tell him about the girl. You'd better read what's in that envelope. Hello, Walt. Uh, Rack, that dame phoned on us. Asked where she could find you. Oh, that's how she's found the place. Yeah, the melon had told her you might be over at Helen's. Gave her... She's been there? Just left. And she left an envelope that she said would explain everything. Well, what did it say? I haven't read it. Well, read it. I want to know what this is all about. So does Helen. Well? Well? 500 bucks. The explanation? What about the letter? Well, it says, uh, uh, Dear Mr. Diamond, I know that I've caused you a great deal of trouble. So I wish to take this opportunity to thank you for your patience and understanding. As for an explanation, well, here it is. But I count on your discretion and hope that you will keep my secret. This morning, my husband and I went to a doctor because I hadn't been feeling well. We discovered and were overjoyed to find out that I was going to have a baby. Immediately, I informed my husband that I had decided to give up working until after I had the baby. The realization that I wasn't going to make any more money for the rest of the year was too much for him. The shock made him lose his mind, and he, well, he just wandered off. Although he has recovered his memory, the thought of having to support us both for the rest of the year has left him nervous and despondent. So I'm taking him back to the coast to the family psychiatrist. I wish to thank you from the bottom of my heart for all your kindness and help. Signed, Oh. Signed, Oh. Rick! Helen, Helen, what's wrong? He's fainted. What? He looked at the signature on the letter and just flopped over. Well, what about the signature? It's signed... June Allison. Again, here's your Rexall family druggist. Whenever you have a headache, remember this about Rexol aspirin. When taken with water, the five full grains of pure aspirin in every Rexol tablet are ready to go to work for you even before they reach your stomach. Yes, whenever you have a headache, remember that about Rexol aspirin. Ask for it at Rexol drugstores everywhere. And remember always, you can depend on any drug product that bears the name Rexol. Good health to all from Rexall.
Richard Diamond, Private Detective, stars Dick Powell in the title role and is written by Blake Edwards with music composed and conducted by Frank Worth. June Allison appears through the courtesy of Metro-Golden-Mayer and will soon be seen co-starring with Dick Powell in the MGM motion picture, Right Cross. Featured in tonight's cast were Virginia Gregg, Ted DeCorsia, Wilms Herbert, and Bob Sweeney. Richard Diamond, Private Detective, was transcribed in Hollywood by Jaime Del Valle. This is Bill Foreman inviting you to be with us next Wednesday at this time when we will again bring you Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, Private Detective. Hiya, beautiful. Get lost, Bristlepuss. You need a shave. But I have shaved. What else do you want me to do? Silly boy, she wants you to go stag. Go stag? But why? Because stag is Rexall's exclusive line of men's good grooming aids, like stag brushless shave cream. No fuss, no massage, just smooth it on, and presto, you get a clean, close shave. Your face stays smooth and whiskerless all day long. I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll go stag. That's it. Join the stag line now at Rexall drugstores everywhere. Yes, to make girls care. Go stag. Bill Bendix leads the life of Riley again Friday on NBC. The National Broadcasting Company presents... Joel McRae in Tales of the Texas Rangers. Tonight, transcribed from Hollywood, another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of the Texas Rangers. Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. Texas, more than 260,000 square miles and 50 men who make up the most famous and oldest law enforcement body in North America. Now, from the files of the Texas Rangers come these stories based on fact. Only names, dates, and places are fictitious for obvious reasons. The events themselves are a matter of record. Case for tonight, room 114. It is 4.47 p.m. the afternoon of October 29, 1927. Liz Ferris, a chambermaid at the Hotel Alamo in the town of Limpia, Texas, approaches Sam Bixby, the desk clerk. Mr. Bixby. Hmm? Oh, Liz, thought you went home. I uh, can't see as I'll ever get home till I get the rooms finished. And I still ain't been in room 114. 114? Hmm? That's Mr. Boland's room. Oh, he went out a couple hours ago. Well, he left one of them do-not-disturb cards on his door just the same. His key ain't in the box there. I looked before while you were sorting out the mail. 
Well, he probably just forgot to leave his key. You got your pass key, you can get in. Well, how'd you know he didn't come back again without you seeing him? Suppose he's in there taking a bath. <laughs> all right, Liz, all right. Come on. I'll come back with you. Give me the keys. <laughs> Some folks don't care at all when I finish work, long as they can sleep the day away. Now, Liz, Mr. Boland's been here for two days, and this is the first time he's given you any trouble. Well, if it ain't him, it's somebody else. There, there's that do-not-disturb card on the door, like I said. Did you try knocking? That on the door? Of course I didn't. I got some consideration for other folks, even if they ain't got none for me. Besides, I run the vacuum cleaning the hall hard enough to wake the dead. Well, he don't answer the knock. Sure he went out. Well, if you're so sure, why don't you open the door, then? You, uh... You in, Mr. Boland? Mr. Boland? He's out, all right. Go ahead, Liz. All right, I'll make the bed first, then get the vac... <gasps> Let me out of here. No, no, no. Be quiet, Liz. Don't let the other guests hear you. I better call the sheriff right away. Sheriff James Kerfus reached the murder scene and immediately sent out a request for assistance from the Texas Rangers. Ranger Jace Pearson was assigned to investigate. He joined the sheriff in room 114 of the Alamo Hotel. Everything just like I found it, Ranger. Except I had the bed move so as I could get a look at the body. Throat slashed, huh? Looks like it was done with a straight-edge razor, Sheriff. Yeah. A weapon ain't around any place, though. That's what made me figure it was murder for sure. I could have figured that out even if the razor was around. Hmm? Palms of his hands are cut, too. He tried to grab the razor and get it away from whoever killed him. Oh, I see. We better cover him with a sheet. Austin will have fingerprint man here soon. You know who he is? The name on the register is Henry Boland. Been here two days. Come up from Lone Star to sell some cattle at the auction barn. All the way up here from Lone Star to auction cattle? That's pretty far. Yeah, now that you mention it, yes. Yeah, plenty far. Who discovered the body? A desk clerk and cleaning woman. You must have passed him out in the hall. I told him to wait right outside. Yeah, I saw him. We better talk to him. Right. Just trying to clean oh, the Fix me. Huh? Liz, Range wants to talk to you. Oh, sure thing. I already told you all I know, Sheriff. Anybody come in to visit in this room today? Well, that's hard to say, Ranger. A lot of cattlemen in town when the auction's running. Well, nobody stopped by the desk, but you know how it is. Men know each other, visit around. Sure. Mm, if he'd been out tending his business like a man ought to be, he mightn't be dead. That's what I said. Now, Liz, I told you he was out. I saw him go. When was this? Mm, noon, a little later, maybe. But I didn't see him come in again. Are you sure it was Boland you saw? Might have been somebody dressed like him, wearing his clothes, maybe. Oh, no, I saw him good enough to know for sure. Stopped just a few feet from the desk to wipe his eyeglasses with a handkerchief. Eyeglasses? There's something mm. wrong with that, Jeez? I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, he wear glasses all the time? Mm, every time I yeah, see him, sure he did. I see. When you opened this door, most of the body was hidden by the bed, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. Well, the bed's been moved since then. I think you better come in and identify the body. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, I'm afraid it's necessary. Because the man in here didn't wear glasses. Oh. Come on. Well, okay. Now, look, he, uh, he wouldn't have to be wearing them when he was killed, Jay. He never wore them. The man who wears glasses all the time has little pressure marks alongside the bridge of his nose. It's a thing we always look for. Helps with identification. Now, yeah, move the sheet. All right. What? 
Well, that ain't Mr. Bolin. No, it ain't. Well, then who is this fellow? Sheriff, I don't know. I, I never saw him before. He, he's a lot different. Mr. Bolin not only wore glasses, he had a mustache. Mm-hmm. And this feller don't. This couldn't be him clean-shaven? No, sir, could not. Looks like Boland isn't our victim, Sheriff. Looks like he's the killer. I made some photos of the dead man, got a quick developing job done, then headed for Lone Star, the town Boland had given us his address. On the way, I called my headquarters and asked to have Ranger Steve Clark meet me there. He was waiting at the county courthouse when I drove up. Howdy, Jason. Howdy, Steve. Been waiting long? No, just got here about half an hour ago. Say, what's up? Headquarters fill you in on the killing of the Alamo Hotel in Limpia? Yeah, they told me about it. Good. How far out's the Boland Ranch? Well, it begins nine miles southwest. What do we do, go out and grab Boland? If he's around, but it isn't likely. Not after checking out of that hotel and leaving a dead man in his room. Why'd you head this way, then? Well, nobody at Limpia had seen the dead man before. We've got to find out who he is. If there was bad blood between him and Boland, somebody around here might know about it. That's a good thought. I'll load my horse in with yours, and we can go out to the ranch and wake him up. The Boland Ranch was plenty big, spreading and sprawling out south of the main highway. But the ranch house was deserted except for a Mexican woman. She was frightened and wouldn't unlatch the screen door. We just want to talk to you, ma'am. Go That's away, all. go away. You come back again when Mr. Boland is here. We're Texas Rangers. We just want some information from you. I know nothing, please. You go away. If Mr. Boland is in there, we'd like to talk to him. No one is here, senor. No one but me. It won't do you any good to hide him, ma'am. If he's not there, why can't we come in and look around? No. We should have gotten the search warrant, Chase. Nah, she's just frightened because she's alone. There ought to be somebody else around a ranch this size. Boland must have hands. Yeah. Uh, where are the men, senora? The vaqueros who work on the ranch. Round up, all out to work, they round up. All right, senora. You can go back to bed. We'll go talk to them. <laughs> you, senora, wasn't really too happy to see you, boy. I know. Well, let's get the horses out of the trailer. Yeah. You really want to look for those cowpokes tonight? Yeah, because we got plenty of other things to do in the morning. Come on, Charcoal. Hot boy. Come on. What's on your mind for the morning? Find out where Boland banks. Watch his account so we can trace him if he cashes a check anyplace. Hey, it'll make it tougher for him to hide, all right. That's how I want to make it. Tough. Well, let's ride. Get up, Charcoal. Get up. Get up. Boland had plenty of stock, all right. We passed cows and calves by the score. But ground marks showed that the main herds, the selling beef, were driving south. Railroad runs to the south, Jase. Guess they're moving them that way for shipping. Figures. That's why we had to ride so far. Yeah, it must make, take them three or four days to cut out the steers and drive them to a main camp. We ought to be spotting some riders soon. Trail marks have been getting fresher. And if we don't, we're going to have to rest these ponies. We've been knocking on them steady now for about That's three... That's all right. We're getting yeah. close. They can rest soon. Look. Where? Mace over there in the moonlight. Look down at the base. On the east end. Yeah, campfire. Come on, Charlie. Come on, boy. Get up. can see the stock now. Only part of the herd from the looks of it. Probably got a few folks working each section, driving into the railhead from different angles. They can drive them any way they want. All I want is somebody who can identify the photographs of a dead man. 
by cowpokes, they gotta be around. Horses couldn't move far if they were hobbled, but there ain't any horses inside either. Nothing but part of the herd. Maybe they moved around the other side of the mesa. <coughs> whoa, whoa, Chuck. Whoa, whoa. Where'd that shot come from, Jace? Pump a brush and rock the edge of the mesa. Whoa, easy, boy. Easy. Oh. You fellas! Pull it. you Come up where we can see you and keep your hands high! Not while you're gunning from cover! Who are you? Ranch hands with the right to be here. That's one you got. What are you doing on this range? We're Texas Rangers. Rangers? After Rangers, let's get a look at you. Come on, car. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh, charcoal. Oh, boy. Now move out of that brush where we can see you. Okay. Come on, fella. We better get off our horses, Jace. Make too good a target for them. Yeah. Well... Reckon y'all rangers, all right. My name's Frank Tuller. This Charlie Small. Never mind the introductions, Tuller. You always throw lead at anybody riding this range? I fired over your head. Just a warning. A warning for what? It's orders, rangers. Somebody's been making off with some stock, and Boland told us to be on the lookout for strange riders. Boland? He around? No. When'd you see him last? Just before we started out on Roundup. Tuller and I ain't seen anybody but each other for almost a week. And you don't have any idea where your boss might be. How would we know? Hey, you seem mighty anxious to find him. I am mighty anxious. You're the boss in uh, some kind of trouble? He's in plenty of trouble. We'll find it out sooner or later. Yeah. He's wanted for murdering a man in a hotel in Limpia. So if you know where he is or even where he might be, you better talk up. Well, if we knew, we'd tell you right off, but we don't. You know anybody Boland's been having trouble with? Nope. No, boss never had trouble with nobody. It's a dead man who'd disagree with that if he could. Get those photos out of your saddlebag, will you, Steve? Right. Maybe you can identify the man Boland killed. Here you are, Jase. Thanks. Here, Tuller, yeah? you're too small. Huh? Take a look. Why, say... Ranger! Boland never killed this man. What makes you so sure of that? Because this is the boss. This is a picture of Boland himself. <laughs> You are listening to Tales of the Texas Rangers, starring Joel McRae as Ranger Jace Pearson. We continue now with tonight's case, Room 114, an authentic story from the files of the Texas Rangers. We had our killer cold, knew his name, his address... And he turned out to be the dead man. The case fell apart. It didn't make sense. You're sure this is a photo of Boland? We ought to know. We've been working for him for a year ever since he come down from Wyoming and bought this spread. The desk clerk at the hotel in Limpia said he'd never seen this man before. I can't have that. But Boland was registered at that hotel for two days. Clerk said he wore eyeglasses and a mustache. And then the man he saw wasn't Henry Boland. There's something fishy about this whole thing, Jace. I can't figure why anybody... Wait a minute, Steve. Huh? You fellas said Boland thought somebody was running his stock off? Yes, right. Is his brand registered? Well, sure it is. Box B brand. Thanks. If we want any more information, we'll be out to see you later. Come on, Steve. But, Jace, we... Come on. Get mounted. Get up, Charlie. Get up. Come on. Hope you catch the men you after. Thanks. 
What's on your mind, Jace? What'd you ask about the missing cattle and the brand registration? Holden thought some of his cattle were missing. But the registered brand stolen cattle are hard to get rid of. It wouldn't be so hard if the thief took them to an out-of-the-way auction barn like the one in Limpia and then pretended to be Boland when he sold them. Hey, Jace, that makes sense. Sure it does. That's why somebody registered the Alamo under Boland's name. Then Boland must have found out about it, went up to Limpia for his showdown, and got himself killed. That's the picture. I'll buy it, Jace, but who killed it? That's something we're going to have to find out. But whoever it was, it was somebody Boland knew. Or he wouldn't have been able to follow him to that hotel room. Then if the cattle were stolen from here by somebody Boland knew, and Boland hadn't been here very long, the thief might have been one of his own ranch hands. We'll play it that way, Steve. Let's stick around here and see if we can find a poke with a mustache and eyeglasses. During the next morning, we spotted a pair of riders and asked if they knew of a hand with a mustache and glasses. There was such a man on the ranch, and they told us what general direction he might be working in. A couple of hours later, we found him alone, pushing some strays out of a blind draw. That's him, Jace. Just saw the sun reflect on his glasses. Let's go. Get up, Charlie. Get up, boy. You! Stay right where you are. Don't move for that rifle holster. We'll ask the questions. Mustache, too, Jace. Yeah. Just sit tight on that horse until I get your rifle. Now, look, Ranger. When you come riding down on me like I've done something and grab my gun, I reckon I've got a right to know what it's all about. You been at the Alamo Hotel in Limpia recently? Never been in Limpia in my whole life. Where you been for the past four days? Right here on this range, working. Anybody with you? No, just me. How come? The other hands are working in twos and threes. Well, I ain't. I've been working through this Badlands strip. No herding here. Nothing but a few strays that one man can dig out. That's how it come. Anybody seen you here in the last couple of days? How could anybody see me? I've been way back in that scrub canyon. Yeah. If nobody saw you there, nobody'd see you if you weren't there either. What's your name? Dave Booden. Booden, huh? All right, you better come with us. Come with you? For what? I ain't coming any place. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. Somebody murdered your boss, Henry Boland, up in Limpia yesterday. Murdered Hank Boland? That's right. Description of the killer fits you. What? Well, you're crazy. I, I've been right here, I tell you. Tell me anything you want. But you're coming to Limpia. I want a couple of people to get a look at you. We got back to the car and drove Dave Booden to the sheriff's office in Limpia to see if he could be identified. Ranger, I'm telling you, I ain't never been near this town. If you haven't been here, you got nothing to worry about. Did you send for the chambermaid and the desk clerk, sir? Yeah, yeah, they'll be here right off. Thanks. As a matter of fact, here they come now, up the outside steps. You see them through the window? Ranger, I'm telling you... You better not say anything just now, Booden. Come in. Howdy. 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 Uh... Reckon you remember the ranger here? Well, ain't likely we'd forget him after seeing him only yesterday. Uh, Liz, Mr. Bixby, I want you to meet Mr. Booden. Hot. Howdy. Howdy. Hmm. It doesn't seem like you've ever met Mr. Booden before. I thought maybe you had. Nope. Can't say I ever had the pleasure. Mm, me neither. Although for a minute he did look like... Like who? Now listen, lady, you never... Quiet, Booden. Lines, what's everybody getting excited about? I was just going to say, he looked like Sarah Leamy's old beau, the one that run off when everybody expected they was going to get married. <laughs> oh, right, Liz, all oh, right. Thanks, Liz, Mr. Bixby. We just wanted to be sure that this man wasn't the one who was registered under the name of Henry Boland. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, no, uh -huh. nothing like him. 
Except for the eyeglasses and the mustache. Yeah, I guess we might as well let these folks go back to the hotel, Jason. Yeah, looks like you were telling the truth, Budin. I'm sorry. No harm done, Ranger. No way you could have known. Uh, Jace, I've been thinking. You suppose a mustache and eyeglasses might have been a disguise to throw us off? That's a thought, Sheriff. It's been done before. Well, that ain't the way it was this time, Ranger. Why not, Bixby? Well, them glasses may have been fake, but not the mustache. Man, you're after had a real mustache. I know, cause cause I seen him in the barber shop and the barber trimmed it. We put Budin on the bus to Lone Star and sent him back to the Boland Ranch. Clark and I spent the next day questioning everybody in Limpia. The crew at the auction barn, cattlemen, everybody. They couldn't add a thing to what we already knew. When we got back to the sheriff's office, there was more bad news. I had a call from your headquarters at Austin, Jase. They checked those prints the lab crew lifted from 114. Whoever left them had no record. Yeah, that does it. I still think it must have been somebody from Boland's ranch. Somebody he knew. That's what we think, and that's the way it looks. But let's face it, Jace. Could have been a stranger stole the cattle. Boland found out about it, went in for a showdown like any hothead, and got himself killed. Killer could have come in from any direction and left in any direction. Yeah, that's right, Jace. No way you're telling... Come in. Howdy, date, Sheriff. Rangers. Yeah. Something we can do for you? Well, my name is Denny. I drive a line haul for interstate trucking. Route between New Orleans and El Paso. I think I got some information you might want. Leastwise, I thought so over at the Alamo Hotel. What kind of information? This. Key to room 114, the Alamo. Where'd you get this? Well, it was nightfall last. Night of the day Bolton was killed, Jase. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, yeah, so my relief man was driving. We made a coffee stop, placed about 40 miles this side of Lone Star. Pulled a truck in the side of the service station there. I was sleeping and didn't want no coffee, so I stayed in the cab and dozed while a relief man went inside. I got it. Go on. Well, cattle truck pulled in for gas. Well, empty. Empty cattle truck, huh? Headed which way? Southwest, toward Lone Star. You notice the license? Well, no, no, but there was a mark on the side... Box with a B in the middle of it. Boland's Box B brand, Jase. Must have been the truck used to haul the stolen cattle up here. Yeah, to haul the killer back to the ranch. Uh, what about the key? I was coming to that. Uh, fell in the cattle truck. He paid for the gas. I didn't see him too good. Uh, I was just sort of slumped in my cab. You know, half groggy. Not exactly watching him, but seeing. I know what you mean. Well, when he fished money out of his pocket, I saw him kind of look at something. He dug out with it. Then he sort of looked around like he was looking for some place to throw it. Station man left him to go inside for change. Then the fellow walked right past my truck real quick. He didn't see me, of course, because the cab was dark, and I heard him throw something. Make kind of a clink. Then he went back to the cattle rig and drove off. That's what it threw away, this hotel key here? That's it. I found it when my partner came out. We went back to check the top and the tailgate, and I sort of looked around and found the key with my flash. How come you didn't just drop it in a mailbox? Well, we had a lot of stops along the line, loading, unloading. And the route came right through here. Thought I'd stop in and just drop it off. Information help you any? It sure does. Thanks. My headquarters will see to it your boss hears about it, too. Sheriff, better take down his statement. Okay, jeez. Come on, Steve. Uh, see you later. All right, jeez. Heading back for Lone Star? As fast as the wheels will turn. Pile in. Yep. How are we going to narrow it down, Jase? Budin was the only hand with a mustache and the glasses, and he's clear. Glasses still could have been phony. Something the killer wore only while he was in Limpia. Well, we know the mustache wasn't a phony. 
Boland's hands have been on Roundup for a couple of weeks. A lot of them let their beards grow. Would have been a simple matter to shave the beard and leave a lip cover. Sneak away with a load of cattle and then shave clean before he got back. I know, I know, but Boudin wasn't the only hand working alone. One of the others did it and disappeared for a few days. His sidekick know about it. Doesn't have to be a one-man job, Steve. Sidekick could be in on it, too. Yeah, that figures. Well, what's our play, Jace? Fingerprint them all and get a check on the prints up at Austin? I think we can wrap it up quicker than that. We know the killer doesn't have a beard now and uses a straight razor. That was the murder weapon. Yeah. Boudin can tell us which of the men shave with straight razors, and once we know that, we can settle the rest with a camera I got in the car trunk. How? By asking the straight razor men if they'd like to pose for a couple of identification pictures with eyeglasses and a phony mustache. Tell them we'll have to hold them until the pictures are seen by a couple of witnesses in Limpia. That ought to flush some action from them. Action? I'm betting the man who killed Boland will raise more fuss than the alligator when the lake went dry. Got back to Lone Star just in time. The bank had taken over the management of Boland's ranch as executors, and the roundup was just about complete. Last, the herd was being driven into the stock pens near the railroad siding when we reached the south end of the ranch. There's Booten, Jason. Take care of the horses over there by the corral. Yeah. Come on. Hey, Booten! Hey, Booten! Yeah? I want to talk to you a minute. Oh, hello, Rita. How you making out? It'll make out fine if you will help. Pretty sure it was somebody on the ranch who killed your boss. Well, how can I help you? Just tell me which of the pokes use straight razors for shaving. Hmm. Let's see. Is Jones and Tuller and Happy? Tuller, huh? Say, Jace, isn't he the bright boy that fired on us first time we rode out on the range? He's the one, all right. He was clean shaven, too. Feller with him was named Small. You know where they are, Boudin? Well, it was over there a minute ago, driving the last... Oh, oh, here they come now, Jace, around the end of the corral with the horses. Hey, you better drift away, Boudin. Sure thing. Well, howdy, Rangers. Back again? Yeah. I'd like to have another talk with you, Tuller. You too, Small. Sure, ain't you? What's it about? Make your way till you dismount. Right. Well, what do you want? Yeah. Find out who killed Boudin? We're pretty sure it's one of the hands. All you fellas without beards are going in with us. What for? Why? Yeah. What would that prove? Prove plenty when we get what we want. Take photos of all of you with prop eyeglasses and mustache on you. A couple of people in Limpia want to see them. Well, if they think they recognize somebody, that ain't legal evidence. We'll have something to help it along. We'll fingerprint the man they think they saw what? because Boland's killer left his prints all over that hotel room. Raise it, warn me. Shut up. Huh? I helped steal the cattle, that's all. I didn't go to Olympia. He did. I told you to shut up, you rat. All right, Tuller. You can both. Tuller lashed his horse and dove behind the other mounts at the rack. Frightened animal reared over us and knocked Small into me before Clark could grab the bridle. Keep your eye on Small, Steve. I'm going after Tuller. He jumped the fence into the cattle chute, Ranger. Don't let a man push him in there, Jake. I'll climb up and get him from above. Look out. Better stay flat up there, Ranger. I can see you better than you can see me. You got yourself in a trap, Tuller. Yeah? I'll have you and wanted you come down after me. I don't have to come down after you. You're a dead pigeon in that cattle chute. <laughs> don't you believe it, Ranger. No? That shot you fired's already got the cattle stirred up. Hey, 
You men down in the pen. Open the gate so the herd can move into the chute. Good! Give me more cover! Yeah! Cover you won't like. If they open that gate and I fire into the herd, they'll run you down. You'll get trapped to death. All right, boys, open up the gate. I'm not fooling, Teller. I'll fire into them. No, 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 I come on, I come on. Here's my gun. All right, and climb up on the fence. All right, Ranger. All right, I'm coming. Now, here, give me your arm. I'll pull you out of there. Good, Ranger, okay. Don't, don't let me drop now. I, 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 don't, I don't want to make no trouble, Ranger. I made a mistake, I admit it. You made a big mistake, Tuller. Too bad you didn't use that razor strictly for shaving. Go on. For his part in the crime, Charles Small received a sentence of 25 years. Frank Tuller was tried and convicted for the murder of rancher Henry Bolin. Today, after two decades, he still serves his sentence. Life imprisonment. And now, here again is the star of our show, Joel McRae. Reflecting on the old-time One Riot, One Ranger reputation of the Texas Rangers... A visitor to Texas recently mentioned to a ranger that he'd been noticing a number of current press reports where two rangers had participated in the quelling of a riot or investigation of a crime. After citing this observance to the ranger, the man asked, How come two men are being assigned to some of these cases now? Are the rangers less effective than they used to be? The lanky ranger shook his head. Oh, no, he said. One ranger is still sufficient to handle the situation, all right, but... In these days of complex legal technicalities, we've been sending two of them along. One to take care of what trouble there is, and the other one to serve as a sort of a disinterested witness. Good night, folks. See you next week. Next week, Joel McRae in another authentic reenactment of a case from the files of... The Texas Rangers! Joel McRae is currently seen starring in the MGM production Stars in My Crown. Tonight's cast included Tony Barrett, Ann Diamond, Herb Bygren, Peggy Weber, Tom McKee, Bill Johnstone, Herb Ellis, and Barney Phillips. This story was transcribed and adapted by Joel Murcott, and the program was produced and directed by Stacy Keach. This is Hal Gibney speaking. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Monday chimes mean the best in music on NBC. Tomorrow night, Gordon McRae stars in the Railroad Hour presentation of the operetta The Firefly. The NBC Symphony presents a one-hour concert featuring works by Vivaldi, Wagner, and Stravinsky. Tomorrow's NBC Symphony concert marks the first in the series under the baton of the widely acclaimed young conductor Guido Cantelli. Now the $64 question. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. That's it for Case Closed. This time you can find more from Richard Diamond, Tales of the Texas Rangers, this podcast, all the other podcasts, and our shoutcast stream at relicradio.com. Thousands of episodes available to listen to there, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com for more information. 
or click on one of the links on the website. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. Thank you.